ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Network, the number one network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always, it's me, it's me, it's Lukey C, fired up today, ready to, what are we talking about today? We're not talking about NFL free agency. That'll oh. come when this whole... I'm still fired up. ...debacle is over. Today, we are going to talk about Formula One racing. We got we got our guys back. We got Greg. We got Luke. We're going to do a little uh, 2022 season preview. Before we get into the show, a word from Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the NCAA tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, betonline.ag is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right, Greg, Luke, glad you guys are here. I guess we'll just get into it. I'm just going to start asking questions. Luke, by, by all means, when you got questions, throw them in there. Uh, you guys are the experts. We are not. I did, however, and Greg, you pointed this out last week at the St. Patrick's Day bash at Luke's house. I was the only person to accurately predict last season's champion. So thank you for that. I'm glad somebody was paying attention. So from here on out, right, like at least for the next couple of years, it's like Verstappen, it's Hamilton, and then it's somebody else right like there's gonna be kind of these two guys and then maybe another contender who's that guy this year who's that third guy that that's the real contender this year outside of Lou and and Verstappen so for me it's Ferrari this year Ferrari is going to be the team that is going to step up Ferrari has taken that step I know that they have been extremely quick in testing and testing doesn't necessarily mean everything but I've got my Ferrari missing winning t-shirt on as we talk about this, because this might be my last chance to wear it. I am actually <laughs> going to go ahead and go out on the ledge and predict Charlotte Claire to win the Bahrain GP. Oh, we're getting that hot. T- we're so getting hot picks already. We're getting, we're getting individual race picks out of the gate. I'm, uh, well, ba- yeah, Bahrain's this, Bahrain is this weekend, right, Greg? Yeah, that's, that's right. It's Sunday. Okay. That's Sunday's GP. So um, it could be a very wrong come Saturday when we see qualifying. <laughs> Where to go ahead and take Ferrari and Charles Leclerc. I love it. I was actually Charles Leclerc is the tip of my tongue. Uh, he's also my favorite driver, though, so that's a little biased. I think the wild card is George Russell. I mean, Hamilton's teammate. He, you know, he got Hamilton's car for one race two years ago. And if he hadn't gotten a tire puncture, he would have won the race despite having the wrong tires put on and basically being penalized like half a lap. Um, so he might come out and like beat Lewis in qualifying, which we'll see how that sits with Sir Lewis. Well, you know, it's a it's an interesting situation because what did Lewis do when in his rookie season when he was paired with Fernando Alonso at McLaren? He beat him. And Fernando Alonso was a two-time champ when that happened. 
Lewis beat him. So what what happens is does, does George come in and do the same thing? I mean, this is just like, like such a juicy storyline. Does it happen? George is actually known for being Mr. Saturday because he qualifies so well. So I would not be surprised to see George out qualify Hamilton. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think that that's going to be like a common occurrence or is that something that's, that's going to be like more track specific? Cause I'm not as deep into the qualifying scene. I mean, George is sick everywhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he dragged that Williams to a, uh, a front row spot last year at spa. Now, granted it was wet. It was rainy. You know, they always say weather is the great equalizer in Formula One. But he took one of the slowest cars on the grid last season and actually qualified front row right next to Verstappen. So just imagine what he's going to do when he gets his hands on a good car. Okay, so uh, we talked about some guys that we or a couple guys that we thought might be looking for that third spot. Let's talk about the guy who did it last year, Botas. Give us an update on uh, on some movement there and what you expect from him. He's looked fairly good so far. I mean, he's got... Where, where's, where's he now? He is at Alfa Romeo with uh, Zhu Guan Yu. I think I pronounced that right. A new uh, Chinese driver who's in Formula 2 last year. They don't have the fastest car on the grid. Far from it, probably. But with the new specs, you never know. And he's looked pretty good in testing so far. Uh, plus, they look dope in the camo livery and outfits they used for the first testing in Spain. So... Maybe they'll surprise some people. The dope camo outfit. Uh, I guess my follow-up question is, right, like controversy. Plenty of controversy last season, right? Almost every week, week in and week out, we were having debates both on the track, off the track, you know, on Twitter and all that stuff. Do you guys anticipate more controversy this season and in a sport like this, where the stakes are so high, is controversy good? It's a little bit of a two-part question. Oh, no, I was going to say yes, just very quickly. Yes, controversy. I mean, it's, the season ended last year on a complete debacle where an arbitrary decision was made to award a championship. So the idea that there won't be controversy this year is going to be hanging over everything. I mean, Horner and Toto hate each other and are going to do everything they can to just – sack the other one so it's going to be a lot of bickering and pointing fingers i feel like in all directions it's going to be interesting you know the uh, formula one has taken and the fia have taken a lot of steps to try and normalize how the rules are interpreted how they're implemented they actually just uh issued a, a sweeping change for the safety car rule uh that's really the big one that got everybody's um <laughs> everybody who doesn't love Verstappen's uh <laughs> panties in a lot because the the rule was so ambiguously written it said any unlapped cars can pass so they changed the language to say all unlapped cars can pass so this way there's no ambiguity for the racing director to make any type of call and there's also going to be two people acting kind of in the role that Massey was before serving as race director so we should not see any more of these wishy-washy calls that kind of change, you know, where the rules are essentially written in some form of sand. Um, so I'm not really interpreting uh, a lot of issues as a result of calls made by the stewards or by the race director um, and, and his assistant there. So, but on track action, I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks. I mean, Verstappen's at the front again, Red Bull's car looks quick. Uh, we know he doesn't yield to anybody. So if he gets beside anybody in a turn, you know, that's going to be yield or crash all over again. Let me ask you, so they changed the rule. 
that directly impacted or they they clarified the rule that directly impacted what decided the championship last year, correct? Yes. Did they change it in favor that if it was in the if if it was in place the way it is today, would it have favored Verstappen? Would Verstappen still have won the race or would it have favored the Lewis Hamilton side? It would have favored Hamilton because the race would have ended under caution. Yeah, they wouldn't have had time to get all the cards through, so it would have ended yellow. Of course. <laughs> of course. And your prediction would have been wrong. Yeah. And I hear you, you said there's going to be two people in that role now. Massey's not one of them, right? He he was what what was what happened to him? I believe he was reassigned. Yes, Massey was demoted essentially, so he still <laughs> got a position within the FIA, but he's no longer the race director. Um, I, I actually don't know if they have actually assigned what his new role is going to be. Um, it might be sweeping the floor, it might be cleaning the toilets, but we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, and my follow-up is. I'm assuming he probably got a pay cut. How much over that uh, to make to make him whole again? How much did Christian Horner agree to pay him? <laughs> I think he's got a he's got a lifetime supply of Red Bull coming either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all he's <laughs> drinking around the office these days. So much, so much hate for the champ, man. It was such just such a bitch ass way to take it. He's I mean, fucking, yes. he's a fucking dog, man. There's no doubt about it. So. I'm going to ask another question before you even step in. You talked about a, a new role there. Are there any other new rules or new technologies or anything that's been implemented? I mean, look, I'm, I'm certainly not the Formula One guy by any means. I'm comparing it a little more as I always do to NASCAR. NASCAR tends to, you know, implement rules and implement different types of technology and things like that on a season to season basis to make things more competitive. Have they done anything else this off season? Well, from a rule change standpoint, uh, not a lot else has been done as far as the regulations within the, the, the constraints of the race. They're going to do some more sprint races again for qualifying. Um, like they did last year. Uh, the biggest change is going to be the technical regulations for the cars. So they actually overhauled the aero components of the cars and have uh, instituted um, the fact that they can actually use ground effect now for downforce. So that was something they hadn't been using in the past because, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, they were able to use it and the cars just became so quick and so efficient, they decided to take it away to try and, you know, shake things up a little bit. So now the cars can actually use the ground effect um, which is interesting now because it, it's uh, created a situation or a little phenomenon known as porpoising. And so if you've watched any of the testing, you've seen some of these cars, when they hit these high-speed straights, they actually start bouncing along, and it looks extremely uncomfortable for the drivers um, because it's, it's an aerodynamic phenomenon because what's happening is the downforce is getting so great as that air travels underneath the car, the car is going down, down, down to the ground, and so once the floor of the car actually touches the ground, it breaks that airflow. And so the car bounces back up. And so this happens over and over and over again as they're going down the straight, which creates uh, an effect that they call porpoising because the thing is just bouncing along. The porpoising is the biggest thing. Just I, I feel bad for the drivers. They're sitting in these seats and they're literally bouncing up and down off the ground going 180 miles an hour. That doesn't sound fun. So how, how, do, they, how do they combat that? Like how, They just have to like... <laughs> Well, it's going to be suspension tuning. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of aero work as well. So they were able to, you know, fix it with Mercedes 
by uh, raising the ride height of the car. So then the uh, you know the floor wouldn't ever touch the ground, wouldn't break that airflow. However, that hurt performance in a lot of other different ways. So they're just going to have to kind of find you know the happy medium for all of these errors between ride height, aero, uh, stiffness of the suspension. Um, all of these things are going to have to work in concert. Um, so it's so just like a – go ahead. I was going to say one other change, and I was just I, this one just occurred to me, is um, the wheel size has changed also for this year. So they have been running um, – I can't remember. It was either 14 or 15-inch wheels, and now they're up to 18-inch wheels. Um, so that's uh, another pretty big change, and they've been testing those tires all last year as well. Uh, so that adds a little bit more uh, unsprung weight. Um, it's going to have them refine suspension tuning to you know be able to utilize that. Um, it's also part of potentially attributing to the, the whole corpus thing thing because when you have a narrower tire – you don't get as much cushion essentially in there. Um, so you've just got a little bit of firmer tire there too. So a lot, a lot is going on for these teams and you know, whoever figures it out first is going to actually be winning the race probably on Sunday. Luke, you got an, another question. I feel like you, your, your face looks like you're, you're burning to ask one. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't talked about my guy yet. My team. What's going on with uh, the McLaren boys? That's what I was just going to ask, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Danny is my fucking guy, man. You can have you can have Danny. Oh, Lando's my guy. Yeah, baby Lando's the man. <laughs> Daniel Ricardo's got the best <laughs> smile in sports, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? And the worst jump shot. This man ain't never seen Jimmy G crack a smile. <laughs> Jeez. So McLaren, do they got do they got a chance to finish third this season? Let's just let's ask the question that way. I feel like that's going to be kind of a tall task. They could. They're fast enough. But Ferrari, Red Bull look very good in Mercedes. Historically, sandbags, every testing or open showing of anything. So odds are they're going to come out on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday and be extremely fast. Um, so it's going to be a tall, tall task just with how the cars have looked in testing. Why wouldn't they sandbag in testing? You know, they politically pressure the entire organization to change rules in their favor. So why wouldn't they do that as well? I'm Erroneous. sorry, Greg, Erroneous. Greg, Greg, let me, let me hear your, your answer to the McLaren question. See, you oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Greg, oh, yeah. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on McLaren. Do you think, do you think Ferrari's kind of slotted in there? Do you think McLaren's got a chance? Well, I mean, who do you think is the favorite for that third position? The favorite for the third position is Mercedes. <laughs> oh. It's going to be, Red Bull and Ferrari are going to be the top two teams. Then you're going to have Mercedes, and then McLaren is probably going to finish fourth. God, he's feeling himself with that shirt today, isn't he? It's my last chance to wear it. I'm telling you, I feel it this year. I think the boys in red are coming back. They're the only ones I think they can hold a candle to Red Bull. Well, based on that answer from you, I'm going to ask my last question next. So who do you think is the team? Let's just go straight to winners. Who do you think's the team that's going to win? Let's go. Let's go. I guess just you two. Maybe Luke Crocker can give his his opinion. And then once we talk about teams, let's go ahead and make our our picks for uh, who we think the driver that's going to win this year is. I think the team that's going to win is Mercedes. Still, uh, I know that they've looked third fastest in the qual or uh, testing, like Greg said, but they have maybe the best two drivers on the board. Uh, they've won eight straight titles. I think they're going to figure it out. I am going with the Sith. It is going to be Max Verstappen, world champion, Red Bull constructors champion. They're going to get both this year. And Christian Horner is going to be insufferable. <laughs> All right. I'm calling my shot here. I'm going with Lando, world champion, and Haas is the team champ. 
I love it. I mean, he's I just it. it's you don't know. They're flying around. They're doing everything right now. They look good. They look good. They with my are man, flying with my man Schumacher. Right? Is that is that the is is that who it is? Yeah, and they brought Mick, back uh, Mick Schumacher, Kevin Magnuson, the, Magnuson, uh, Magnuson. Dude, they back. got them both after Mazepin got uh, kicked off the team. <laughs> well, I'm going with Max. I mean, the guy's a fucking robot. He's the Terminator. He he's the best driver in the world. I, I think, and, and I'll I'll take it a step further. And, and Greg and I, I think we're talking about this. I I had had a few car bombs at that point. I was a little bit in the cups. I actually believe this is probably Lewis's Lewis Hamilton's last best chance, I guess, to win. I feel like wherever Stappen's at in his career, as long as he, you know, kind of stays with dominant equipment, I think you're going to see him go on a similar run that that Lewis Hamilton went on. And I believe Lewis Hamilton had a, a break in his championships, right? He had one and then he lost one and then he went on a, a big run, correct? So I could see maybe Max winning that first one under you know, a little bit of scrutiny or whatever, a little bit of controversy, Lewis coming back, winning, and then I'm telling you, even possibly retiring, because what else does that dude have to prove in the sport? He's young enough. He's got enough money. He can go live his life. And then I can see Verstappen going on a little bit of a run here and maybe winning, you know, four or five. With that being said, I still believe I believe that Max Verstappen's the best driver in the sport. I do not watch every race. I probably watch let me be honest with you. I probably watch like four races a year. So that just, just to full disclosure, but uh, I am very impressed in my father, who is a diehard formula one fan, absolutely loves Max Verstappen and, and talks to me every time I see him about how great of a driver he is. So I'm going to go with my dad, shout out, dad, shout out, bud. I love you, buddy. No, no comments there. There you have it. I mean, He's Max is certainly a stud, but I think the the, the run of titles seems unlikely because I think either Leclerc or Signs is gonna win one in the next three years probably. I think George Russell might win a couple. I mean, I just it's gonna be. I think I could see it being kind of like golf has been like you think you have like Tiger leaves and we keep expecting like different guys, Speed or DJ or whoever, to be the next great thing, and they might run a couple off, but. It's so deep, and there's so many young, deep, and talented guys that somebody else wins it. I could see this being similar, like a few different guys winning titles in the next, you know, five to eight years. Are we in the place where we are calling Lewis Hamilton the best Formula One driver of all time? Yes, he has the the most uh, race wins, the most polls, and if he manages to win this year, he'll have the most titles. Okay. I don't know enough about the history of Formula One. You know, obviously, I know who Michael Schumacher is and and Senna because they made a movie about him. But that's about the uh, <laughs> and wasn't that a Formula One movie that Drive that uh, Stallone was in? Uh, that, that's about the extent of my. It was. That's, an, that's not a great movie. But that, yeah, I love that. I love that fucking movie. By the way, <laughs> anyways, so. I think it's interesting. Okay. I mean, you know, George Russell's a guy, Lando's a guy, they're young, they're up and coming. So you guys are comparing this next group kind of to these, the guys that Luke loves today, the Brooks Kepkas, the Jordan Spees, the Dustin Johnson's JT's, all these guys, the young golfers that kind of toss it around a little bit and take their turns as being the best. You think that's sort of this, this group of young drivers that's coming up now? Yeah, I could see that. I think I could think it could play that way with you. Like you said, Lando, 
uh, Leclerc, um, Russell, Max, that whole group. There's a lot of them that could win, and they're all very, very young and very, very good machines. Agree. And it's kind of the change in the guard because, you know, Hamilton is essentially the last of his, you know, generation that's still involved in the sport. Um, you know, you had the guys that were winning titles around him, Alonzo, Vettel, and Hamilton, right? So those are the guys that are kind of on their way out. You know, Hamilton is, you know, looking for that eighth title. And then they're just going to be handing the reins over to the young guys where Stefan already got one. Um, I would definitely look for George, just like Luke said. He's going to grab a couple if Mercedes can get their act together. Um, if uh, McLaren and Zach Brown can ever give Lando a car that's worth anything, Lando's going to win a lot. Uh, he, he is just a phenomenal driver. Um, he has a very distinctly different style than someone like Max. He's, he drives more like Lewis does, but um, he is just very competent and uh, just a, a killer behind the wheel. And don't forget about uh, my boy Pierre Gasly, who right now isn't in the best machine, but when Lou retires after winning the championship this year, he could get at Mercedes seat to go with George Russell. I'm no, here for I that. Be the one to call that. I'm here I for that. I'm be the one to call that. I wanted hey. to call it. I've said for like a year that Pierre Gasly is going to take that Mercedes seat when Lewis retires. What he just said made no impact on me whatsoever, but I know it was big by how at the same time, all three of you just jumped in there. <laughs> Cause it's going to be, it would just be such a piece of justice. Because Alphatari is the sister team to Red Bull, and when Danny Ricardo left Red Bull, they pulled Pierre Gasly up from Alphatari, and then he fucked him. Couldn't yes, cut it, so Corner cut him, threw him back down to Alphatari, pulled up Alvin. Alvin couldn't cut it, and so now they've got Checo, which is awesome. Checo's actually a hell of a driver, but Pierre Gasly, I feel like, is sitting on this revenge is a dish best served cold. So then he's going to take his prodigious talents, and he's going to go right to Mercedes. He's not going to Miami. He's not taking his talents to Miami. He has taken <laughs> his talents to Mercedes AMG Petronas F1 team with his buddy Toto Wolf. And, and for the record, for the fans listening out there, when, when Lou Crocker throws his and he fucked him, comment in there, he only knows that because he watches the Netflix series. That's the only reason that he knows that. And speaking of the Netflix series, I'm going to use that as a transition a little bit of an unexpected question, but they're, I feel like they're promoting that a lot more this year than they have in the past. Is that becoming something that, that formula one is, is really behind the drivers are behind there. I mean, I've seen spreads in GQ or whatever with some of the drivers, I believe where they're kind of the story is about the series. And I guess, what is this? The fourth season, maybe, and you know they're 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 writing articles about them in in major publications. Like, is this something now that Formula One is really counting on? I guess to help sort of build the brand and take it mainstream. Absolutely, it has been one of the things that really has revitalized the brand of Formula One, especially in the United States. Before Drive to Survive, you know. It, they weren't doing bad at trying to sell out Circuit of the Americas down in Austin, but it wasn't a sellout every year. This year, or last year rather, it was a massive sellout. You couldn't get tickets. And it's not just like that in the United States, it's around the world too. I mean, all these venues are really selling out. The popularity is growing. It is becoming a mainstream sport. We're getting a second race this year in the United States down in Miami. The Miami GP is going to be a new one this year. It's going to be a city circuit, so that's going to be a little bit interesting around the, the Hard Rock Stadium down there. And there's actually talks of adding a third race to the United States. 
Where's that? You think about the, Where are they talking they about adding that? Don't know yet. Um, so it, my, my guess would probably be West Coast uh, to try and, you know, kind of spread it out across the states. We just have, you know, such a large land mass here in the United States yeah. to make it hard. Not Burke Lake Front Airport in Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> no, most likely not. It looks just like all those races in the Middle East, I swear. <laughs> yes, exactly. Luke, any any thoughts? I know Greg gave his. Any thoughts on on the series, the Netflix series? Um, I mean, same thing. I they've, Their ratings have exploded, as I said, the U.S. especially. Um, you can just see it. I mean, I'm a testament to it. You know, that has made an impact to a new generation of fans. I don't know if they're competing with NASCAR in the U.S. completely in terms of, like, ratings and, and interest, but it's getting a lot closer. And so, yeah, it's a huge moneymaker for them. So it's it increases everyone's pot in their group if they all – are successful and if netflix does well because that's a lot more advertising dollars a lot more everything it's you know the more money for everyone the more money everyone gets kind of thing so yeah they're very into it i don't know if they want to compete with nascar right like the formula one viewer is (laughs) if you built a profile of the formula one viewer it's a little bit different than the nascar viewer i mean there's no ill will or i'm not speaking poorly because that's that's not the direction I'm going because I see careful, careful. I just I think it's a different viewer. That's all. No, it's, it's a it's a very distinct population. You know, I mean, the, the folks that really enjoy NASCAR, people that enjoy ovals, um, they enjoy dirt racing, uh, they enjoy those types of things. The bump in the bank, you can't really have that for long with an open wheel car. <laughs> it's a different. So, I mean, with within the United States, you've got NASCAR, of course, which is you know ovals, bumping, banging. They do have a few road courses. Then you have IndyCar, which is a lot closer to, to Formula One. Um, it's really more of the American Formula One. So they, but they also do ovals, which uh, Formula One, of course, does none of. Um, everything within uh, Formula One is a road course or a street circuit. Um, so it's just kind of like a progression. Uh, a lot of Formula One fans will still follow IndyCar. You got Roman Grosjean, who raced for Haas a, a few years ago, who's actually doing very well in IndyCar this year. Um, you've got Colton Herta, who, who was just assigned, I think, um, as a developmental guy by McLaren, who's also racing for Andretti Autosport in uh, IndyCar. So there's going to be some crossover between that area. But, I mean, you're really going to very rarely see any guys jump to NASCAR, though it has actually happened in the past. Um, but you know, it's just such a distinctly different style of racing that you're not going to see a lot of crossover and, yep. and the fans kind of follow that too. Yep. I agree. Is that, is that akin to like uh Zlaton coming over to play in the MLS? No, I, I don't know. Cause it's a totally different sport almost. Like I want to see Tony Stewart try to season an F1. That could be yeah. fascinating. Me too. I want to see him get embarrassed. I wouldn't <laughs> fit in an F1 car. That's fair. <laughs> oh, come on. Be nice to smoke. Jesus. All right, I got one last question here. We're we're running short on time. This is going to be a quick and easy one. I, I asked this question last year. I believe we got Lando or maybe George Russell was an answer from one of you. And then I think uh, Luke gave us, I can't remember his name, but the Japanese fellow. Who, who Who's the breakout driver this year? Who's, who's a guy that you guys are looking at that's not necessarily a name that potentially could make a name for themselves this year? Um, I would say I could see Mick Schumacher really making a big, big leap this year um, with Haas. I mean, Luke mentioned, you know, Haas has the greatest car on the planet, so they're clearly going to win a lot of races. But in all seriousness, I mean, their car does look way faster. They've had some of the best times in testing. I mean, sure, testing you take with a grain of salt because some teams like purposely make themselves look slow. 
but they look like they're competitive and Schumacher and, and, you know, the previous series he's been in, he's kind of found his footing in year one and then exploded in year two and either won or come close to winning. And so, you know, year one, he kind of was stealing it out. He had a teammate who was a complete clown. He now has a teammate who's a real uh, race car driver um, that's accomplished things that I think will really push him in Magnuson. Um, so I think I could see Schumacher. I mean, hopefully he'll score his first point at least in his second season. It's going to be a little bit of a cop-out for me because uh, I was going to say Schumacher as well, but I can't say that now. So I think it's going to be George Russell. A little bit of a cop-out because he's, he's literally riding in the Mercedes, right? But, you know, he, within the Williams, only got the podium last year because they cut the race short at Spa. Um, very unlikely that he would have been able to hold on to P2 with people like Lewis behind him. Um, so he's actually going to have an entire season in a really quick car. I think we're going to see multiple podiums from George. Um, once Mercedes gets the car figured out, he's going to be quick. He is a deadly driver on Saturdays. And uh, from what he showed us at uh, Secure uh, two years ago, um, he can actually get the race done as long as he doesn't have a, a mechanical issue. So um, I think George is going to break out this year. I think he is going to be not necessarily competing for the championship, but he is going to be competing for probably third. Nice. Look, you got anything else? Uh, just to wrap up a few things that we did talk about earlier, um, the team – uh, according to betonline.ag, that the Constructors World Championship, Mercedes is the odds-on favorite, which I thought it was funny. They're, they're minus 125 to win the Constructors Championships. That's a big, big, uh, big advantage there. Red Bulls, of course, second at plus uh, 250. And then uh, Ferrari and McLaren at uh, plus 300 and plus 1,600. So they're giving you a pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty big drop there that that uh, they're indicating those top three teams would be the same as as Greg had them, just in a different order. So that I thought that was interesting. And then uh, also Lewis is still the – he's not an odds-on favorite, but he is the favorite to win. Actually, no, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just updated. Max Max and Lewis Hamilton are both their co-favorites at plus 175 at betonline.ag. Um, Who's third? It's Charles Leclerc uh, from Ferrari plus 700. Okay. So – Maybe for me, a breakout guy, maybe, maybe uh, kind of a cop-out as well. But uh, Sergio Perez from Red Bull, Checo, like I, I know he, he plays second fiddle there. It might be hard for him, but we've seen we've seen two cars finish 1-3, one, 1-2-3 three, one, three in the top three. How old is Sergio Perez? I'm not sure. You don't break out at fucking 37, man. It's just, it's not, he's been around for he's a while. In, right? I don't know. I think he's in the early 30s, maybe. Okay. Late twenties. Yeah, I don't think that he's old. that old. Yeah, he, uh, he's either late twenties or early thirties. Everybody, everybody's young is. to me now. <laughs> he's thirty-two. Okay. All right. So with that, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. We will do our mid-season check-in when they go on break in the summertime. We'll have you guys back. We appreciate you guys being on. Hang around for a minute. We'll we'll wrap up, okay? Uh, a couple shout-outs for me before we end the show today. I want to say RIP to Hall of Fame wrestler, founding member of the NWO, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. He passed away this week at, at 63, so just thoughts and prayers out to his family. Kevin Nash gave a very heartfelt post on Instagram, and I was – uh, you know, really moved by that. So, so RIP to to Scott Hall. Last thing I want to say, and, and we'll talk more about this. I want to give a shout out to Baker Mayfield. I want to tell Baker Mayfield that I love him and thank you for everything that he's done for the city of Cleveland. I, I do not believe that Baker Mayfield has deserved the treatment that he has gotten. And I wish him nothing but the best. 
on the next step in his career, wherever he goes. And I hope that the front office and the fans and the media in whatever city that you play for appreciates you more than the fan base, the front office, and the media did in Cleveland. Upcoming weeks, we're going to talk NFL free agency next week. We're going to talk NBA playoff push. We're going to do NFL draft prep. We're going to have our, our guy, Alex Gilstrap, on from uh, Believe in NFL Draft Prospects. Looking forward to that. For all you pop culture lovers out there, all you nerds out there, Zero Dark Nerdy, listen. It's another podcast that we're affiliated with on the Believe Network. Follow them on social media, on Facebook at Zero Dark Nerdy, on Instagram at ZDN underscore podcast. And don't forget about us at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We're also available on the Believe Network, the number one network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Lando, baby Lando, somebody sock me. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.